Yevamas Perk Zain Mishnadalad seven four. In the previous Mishnah, we had talked about the case of the ubor, the unborn fetus, which has this asymmetric effect on a woman, whereby she, even if she's a bas and could eat truma, that ubor from the unborn fetus from the regular czar non kohen with prohibits her, poselis her, makes her she can't eat truma, and on the flip side, um, if she's a Bas Yisrael, the fact that she's pregnant, non-Kohen, she's a non-Kohen, and the fact that she's pregnant with a child whose father is a Kohen until the child is born, yet doesn't allow her to, yes, eat truma. So we'll actually have the cases, the first case of our mission, so I'll, I'll flesh that again just to repeat everything and make it clear. Um, but the point of our mission here and the next ones is to identify other halachic phenomena like the unborn fetus, which has that same sort of asymmetric effect, where on the one hand it's can be posel her, it can make her that she, even though she otherwise would have been able to eat truma as a Bas Cohen, she still cannot for some reason. Um, but on the other hand, the very same phenomenon, if it applies to a woman who otherwise um, would not be able to eat truma as a Bas Yisrael, just because she has some kind of connection to a Cohen now, that connection is not enough to allow her to, yes, eat truma or eat truma yet. Um, the basic point is, as I said before, the Pasuk talks about a Kenyan Kaspo, that the Cohen has to have a Kenyan, a, like a, some sort of acquisition in the woman, and of, of her rights anyways, to make that woman part of his family, to allow her now to eat truma, and that's going to be lacking here. So again, the, mission, the cases are, the first is Ha'ubar, the unborn fetus. So the case is, if a woman, let's start with a Bas Cohen. Bas Cohen could eat truma. If she marries the Yisrael, she starts not to eat truma. If the Yisrael dies, she then once again reverts to her father's household and once again could eat truma, even if the father's dead. The point is she reverts back to her Cohen, you know, roots. Um, unless she's pregnant. If she's pregnant with the Yisrael's child, that's really enough to be postal her, to keep her back from making her invalid, rendering her invalid from eating truma. On the flip side, if she is a Bas Yisrael who marries a Kohen. So while they're married, she could eat Truma. When he dies, so now if she has no other children, she can't eat Truma. Even if she's pregnant, that Ubar, the Amor fetus inside of her, which is a future Kohen, now doesn't have the capacity to be Ma'achilina to permit her to eat, Kohen, to eat Truma yet. She has to wait until that child is born. Yeah, that's the first case. The second case is Hayavam, um, the, you know, the Yavam, the brother-in-law. So the case is, again, you have a brother-in-law from another, I'll refer to them as mixed marriages. I mean, you know, you have a Kohen and a non-Kohen who are marrying. So again, if on the one case, and the point is, let's say the scenario is that um, this woman is a Bas Kohen and she marries Reuven, the Tsar, the non-Kohen. So she's attached to Reuven and while they're married, she can't eat Truma. When he dies, she should go back to her father's household and yes, eat Truma. If they die childless and Reuven has a brother, there's a Zika that connects her to Reuven's brother, Shimon. Shimon's not a Kohen. And that, that he's the Yavam. And the point is that connection, that Zika, that connection to Shimon, the non-Kohen, is enough to preclude her, to forbid her, to be postal her from eating Truma until she resolves the Zika. Once she gets Chalitza from him, um, then she could once again be considered not connected to him and go back to eating Truma. Um, but until then, she is restricted. On the flip side, if she was a, originally a Bas Yisrael, and she marries a Kohen, so she could eat Truma while she's married to him. If he dies and they're childless, and she has a brother-in-law with whom she has a Zika, he's the Yavam, and he's also a Kohen. But they're not yet married. You haven't got the old Kenyan in effect yet. 
Kenyan Kospel. It's not his wife yet. So that, therefore, even though she has a Zika to Shimon the Kohen, in the meantime, she's still a Bas Yisrael, a Tsar, and therefore she may not eat Truma. So the fact that she has a Yavam is on the one hand, postal her if it could make it that she can't yet eat Truma, she can't eat Truma if he's a Yisrael and she's a Bas Kohen, but it's enuma veloma achilin. Even if he is a Kohen, he can't. He can't yet. The Yavam, who's a Kohen, can't yet entitle her to eat truma until they get married. The next go, next case similarly is va'erusin. Erusin, as we know now, is the first of the two stages of marriage. I'll call it betrothal or something like an engagement, but it's a marriage, so we'll call it betrothal here. So he gives her a ring. She's now married. But they haven't moved in together, so it's the first of the two stages, and the suin still happens later. So, midda oraisa, Erosin constitutes a Kenyan. He gives her the ring or the star, whatever it is, and she accepts it, and therefore she becomes, she transfers her Ishus rights to him, and there, that's the Kenyan, and therefore now she, if he is a Kohen, she should be permitted to eat Truma through him. And that's true midda oraisa. Um, but, midda we're gonna have a a rabbinic enactment which makes this asymmetric, which means that if it's a Bas Cohen who marries Arison, betrothes the first step to a non Cohen Azar, so now she's part of his household, she's acquired by him in part, and that's enough to make it so she is now prohibited from eating Truma. Hence, the Arison is postland, and the Arison of a Bas Cohen to a Yisrael makes it now that she becomes. Sula, she no longer can eat truma anymore because she's married to him through Arison. On the flip side, it's asymmetric because if she was a Bas Yisrael who got now, I'll call it engaged, betrothed to a Cohen, Arison. So that Midoraisa should be enough now to allow her to eat truma. But the rabbi said no. She shouldn't eat truma yet. The reason why is because in the time of the Mishnah, there was a significant delay between the time of Arison getting whatever, step one of marriage, and Nisuin, step two. And during that first stage, after accepting Arison, she would still normally live in her father's home, in her parents' home, until the time for the wedding comes, perhaps even a year later. So for that year, she's living at home. And although the Torah says now she could accept gift packages from her husband, um, and even if they're true, she could eat them, the rabbis were concerned this woman's living with her at home, with her siblings, and she's going to invariably, you know, come to forget the rules, and she's not used to them, and she'll end up sharing her gift package with the siblings. The siblings are not allowed to eat truma. That's an Isra Doraisa. And therefore, the rabbi said, we're not getting into that. We're saying until she moves out of her parents' home and into her husband's home, the Kohen, she may not eat truma. And that being the case, Erisin is post-lomachilin, because Erisin to a Yisrael will post her from eating further truma, even though she's a Bas Kohen, whereas Lomachilin, just because she's now an Arusa to a Kohen, doesn't yet permit her to eat Truma yet, till she moves in with them through Nisuin. Next is Vacheresh. The Cheresh is the deaf mute. Deaf mute is someone who lacks Da'as. He cannot legally effect a Kenyan. Um, he, he's, he's not considered like he's, yeah, and that being the case, he, that he, there's no such thing on a derived level of a, of a Cheresh getting married. The Cheresh who gives the ring to the woman, she accepts it, that's not effective, they're not married, Midoraisa. The rabbi said, yes, a Cheresh could get married. And that being the case, on a rabbinic level, we recognize the marriage between a cherish and a, and a woman. And that being the case, if you had, a, there's an asymmetry that's going to emerge. Because why? If you have the woman originally being a Kohen, a Bas Kohen, and she marries the, she, whatever, she, I'll call it marries, she marries the cherish who's the Yisrael, since rabbinically we're recognizing that marriage, she now becomes 
psula from eating truma anymore, even though it's only rabbinic midrash, so she could be permitted because there's no marriage, no connection, no 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 kinyan. On the flip side, if she um, she had been a bas yisrael, she is a bas yisrael, and the cheresh is a kohen, and now they quote unquote get married. Well, the marriage is only rabbinically recognized, but midrash is not a marriage. Therefore, she's not really married to him. There's no kinyan. Therefore, even though he's a kohen and she's living with him, she's not allowed to eat truma. Therefore, it says, postlin, the cherish can be postlin from eating truma because of the rabbinic marriage. If he's a Yisrael and she's a koheness, but the machilin, but it's not strong enough as a cherish to entitle her to yes, eat truma if he's the kohen and she is the bas Yisrael. And finally, the boy who's nine years old in a day. In English, we really just call this a nine-year-old boy. Um, the reason why is because th- throughout the, you might have noticed many times in Chazal, they refer to a person as being like, you know, nine years old in a day or three, 13 years old in a day or three years old in a day. The reason why we're saying that is because, like, if, if you're born on the 16th of, of, uh, ER, okay? So that's your birthday. So when the 15th of ER rolls around a year later, you have full, you lived a full year. I'll call it 365 days because that's the number you're used to. Not really, but anyways. So it's like you lived a whole year worth of days. So then when you come to your birthday, the anniversary of your birth, back to the 16th of ER of the next year, so now you've actually lived like a 366th day. We'll call it an extra day. So that's what we're saying. Now you're one year old and a day. Okay, that's the idea. So on your bar mitzvah, the anniversary of the day you were born, really you live the full 13 years plus one more day, the day of today, because you're living, this is like the, if you will, if you're born on the 16th of ER, so then this is like the 14th, 16th of ER you're at, 13 from your birthday till yesterday, and the 14th now is 13 in a day. So that's the point here. So nine years old in a day, the same idea means a nine-year-old boy. And the idea is that the Chazal said that the if a, if a man and woman sleep together and the boy is less than nine years old, it just doesn't count. It's not legally considered to be sleeping together. And that being the case, if he's less than nine years old, so then that nothing happens. So let's say, for example, uh, a, a girl sleeps with her brother, uh, and he's uh, less than nine years old, so then it has no legal significance. So she doesn't become psula yet, right? Um, that act doesn't doesn't make her into like a psula, even if they're you know you know otherwise it would make it would be a israkaris, etc. Once he becomes nine years old, their act of sleeping together has like legal significance. And that being the case, if the nine year old sleeps with her and the nine year old not allowed to sleep with her, not allowed to be married because of some isr, even the Mrs. Asli, he's a he's a mom's or whatever the story is, so she becomes forbidden from eating truma anymore as a Bas Cohen. On the flip side, he's only nine years old. He can't get married yet. He's not 13. He hasn't got Das. And therefore, even if they like act like husband and wife and move in together, kind of like the Cherish situation, since he can't actually affect the Kenyan as a minor, so therefore, even if he's a Cohen, it can't yet permit her to eat truma. That's what we mean here, therefore. So the the nine-year-old boy is postlin. If they sleep together and he renders her invalid because they're an Isser to be married, so then that act of enough is to make her that she can't eat truma ever again. But if they move in as husband and wife, ke'ilu, so to speak, uh, but he's not yet 13, there's not a marriage, and therefore she is not permitted to eat truma, even though she's living and acting as the wife of a Kohen. Now, like, new paragraph. Suffix shu bentesha shanim biomechad, suffix shaino. We'll have two cases here. This is the first one. Um, of the two sfekas talking about restricting from eating truma. Um, so the point is that since the isr of eating truma is an isr doraisa, a Torah prohibition, so therefore we are strict and a suffix. If you have a suffix, an uncertain case, the rule is that suffix doraisa the chumrah, if we're not sure if it's permitted, and this question mark looming overhead circle uh, in, is pertaining to a Torah issue, a Torah issue like eating truma, we go to the Chumrah, we say, we rule strictly and say it's forbidden. 
That being the case, let's say the boy sleeps with the girl, and the we're not sure how old he was at the time. Was he nine or wasn't he nine? So now they're standing in front of us. Now look, he's twenty-five now, but who knows how it was back then? We're not sure. So then we will have to, a suffolk on our hands, and therefore we'll say suffolk derives the chumrah. We forbid her from eating truma. He's posel her um, because we don't know what to do. Okay, at a suffolk. Okay, it has to be fine. Now, similarly, suffolk heavy shteisiras suffolk lo heavy. It's a new case here. We have a boy who's on his bar mitzvah. He gives a ring to a girl and says, Hariat Makudeshli Batabazu, and she accepts the ring, and now, ostensibly, they're married. The problem is, the problem is that we're not sure if actually he's reached puberty yet. And if he hasn't reached puberty yet, bringing forth two hairs, so then he's not considered to be bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah requires both ingredients, both the chronological age as also the onset of puberty. That being the case, we're not sure if his collusion is actually effective. Maybe he wasn't yet a Gadol, a, a, a halachic adult yet, because he didn't bring forth the two hairs, and therefore the kedushin is not a kedushin. So if he's a kohen, maybe she can eat truma, maybe she can't. If he's a non-kohen and she was a kohen, maybe now they're married and she can't eat truma, or maybe she still could if it wasn't binding. We don't know. Therefore, in those cases, we we rule stringently and say we assume she can't eat truma because maybe and because of the question, maybe it was valid, and we have to assume the worst because suffik doraisa lechumra. Now. We have one more case here. Um, it's a totally new case, like out of the box. We're talking now with like pause everything, like new paragraph, and now we're going back to questions um, pertaining to Yibum. So here we go. Okay, so now to get your head around the next case of mission, which is really, like I said, sort of we're off topic here for a minute and back to Yivamos, let's just talk about it outside. Here's the case. You have two brothers, Reuven and Shimon. Shimon has a daughter named Leah. Reuven marries Leah as well as another woman, Rachel. So so Reuven has two wives, one of whom is his niece, his brother Shimon's daughter. So now, what's the din? If Reuven dies childless, so you recall from the first parak of the Masechta, the rule would be that Shimon certainly can't do even with his own daughter, she's Nerva, and therefore not only is the daughter Leah Peturah from doing Yibam, but also Tsarasa, also her co-wife, Rachel is also exempt, which means if the whole family tree is as I described it, Rachel, even though she has no relation to Ru- to Shimon directly, is free to go and marry whoever she wants. There's no Zika at all. Fine. So now, what would happen, this is the case of our Mishnah, if Reuven dies and he has no children, but Rachel also died. So if Rachel predeceased him, Rachel died first. So when Reuven dies, we take a photograph of the family tree, at that moment, we have a dead Reuven who has no children. We have one widow, Rachel, because Leah is dead. So one widow, Rachel. Rachel has no relationship at all to the surviving brother, Shimon. And therefore, Shimon would have to do Yib Morchalitza with Rachel. If, on the other hand, Reuven died first and then Leah died, so that would mean at the moment of death, the family tree looks like there's two widows, Rachel and Leah, Leah is an erva to Shimon. Shimon can't do even with her, and therefore both she and her co-wives are exempt, and therefore everyone goes free. So the case of our Mishnah here is a suffolk, and that's what's introduced here in our Mishnah. A suffolk, we're not sure what happened first. Did Reuven die first, leaving two widows, in which case Shimon can do even with neither, and both are free to go? Or what happens if Leah died first, in which case there's only one surviving widow, Rachel, and she has the Zika to Shimon, and he has to either perform Yibam or Chalitza before she can marry somebody else. So, 
That's the case of our Mishnah. The Mishnah says, <clears throat> The house collapsed, and there are two people who died in the rubble. One is him, Reuven, and one is Bas Achiv, his brother's daughter, in my story here, Leah. We don't know which of the two, whether Reuven or his wife Leah, died first. But there is a co-wife, Tsarasa, meaning Rachel, She'll have to do chalitza l'shemim, but not yibum. Why? Because if Reuven died first, then she's really patura, and yibum would be forbidden in Isrkaris. But if Leah died first, then Rachel has a doraisa zika to shemim, and she needs the yibum or chalitza. Therefore, the only possibility is to do chalitza. She has chalitza, and then she goes free to marry whoever she wants. And that Mishnah introduces that topic here because of the suffix, um that's associated in this particular case, like the other sfekos on some level.